Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. It's time. Wake up with a nice cup of morning roast. Here we go. Featuring the Billmore's finest, Monte Hill. Ah. The pride of the Excelsior, Joe Butcher Boy Shasky. You listen to 95 7 the game, the morning roast. title game on Sunday, fourth time in the last five years. The 49ers are in it. Second time they've had it at Levi Stadium. They haven't lost a playoff game yet at Levi Stadium. You think they're going to lose to the stinking Lions? Hell no. Good morning, everybody out there on YouTube and Twitch. Powered by First NorCal Credit Union. The smart choice for low auto low rates and super simple online application process. Uh, good morning to everybody out there getting off the graveyard shift. If you're at work, what is happening? We'll get back to the calls in just a second, Shasky. But let's bring in Jamel Hill, staff writer for The Atlantic. Um, Detroit native, of course, with, with the Michigan State. We won't bring up what happened in college football this season. We will not. But I want to know why Jamel became a Niner fan growing up all the way in Michigan. Jamel Hill joins us on the Boxer and Girls and Guest Line. Jamel, good morning. Thanks so much for spending hey. some time with us. Uh, good morning. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people are always very fascinated with the fact that I'm a lion, or that I'm a, a Detroit native who wound up being a 49ers fan. But um, people have to remember is like the Lions have not been good for a really long time. So right. when I was growing up and kind of coming into my sports fandom, uh, they were terrible. They were like paper bag on your head terrible. And, <laughs> I was never, I, I saw how miserable Lions fans were. I wasn't attracted to that. And, um, you know, we're talking about like the early 80s. And obviously the team of that decade is probably the 49ers. And so uh, my mother, she had lived in the Bay Area for a while. And so she kind of rooted for him. And I started paying attention to him. And the rest, as they say, is history. Well, we're glad to have you aboard, Jamel. We are glad to have you aboard. Go ahead, Shasky. Get in here. Nice. Yeah, I, I love the Niner fans are all over the country. So I love it whenever we meet somebody and they have specific roots or a reason why they fell in love with this team. But break break down the psyche of uh, of the Detroit sports fan right now. Like B and I were talking about it. Like when they lost to the Seahawks, the Niners, that is. Um, um, it was one of the greatest moments in Seattle sports history with the Richard Sherman play. How big is this weekend? I know they've won. Detroit Pistons have won championships, and I don't want to scoff at that. The Tigers have won a championship, uh, I believe, in '83. How big is this game for the Detroit sports fan? Oh, it's, it's huge. I mean, if the Lions go to the Super Bowl, I think 
it's already the biggest uh, story in, in state history and sport, and you know, as it relates to sports. Um, wow. Yeah, the Lions have been pretty much in in up for like fifty, sixty years, I and mean, this was the first playoff victory in uh, you know this season in, in what thirty two years. First time they won a division in thirty years. Um, so there were a lot of. Uh, a lot of new terrain for uh, Lions fans. And so right now, uh, when you consider the fact that they went 0-16, they were just 3-13 and three years ago. Right. So this is really an incredible moment for them, for the city. Um, you know, they've had to put up with a lot. So uh, this means everything. I mean, I think win or lose, I, I think they know – uh, that this was a successful season. Of course, there would be disappointment if they lost, but I, I think they really feel like they have a, a future, and I think that is what is very different about this Lions teams versus some other versions that we've seen that people thought might be successful. Jamel here on the Boxer and Gerson guest line on the morning. Russell, Joe Shasky, and Vontae Hill. Go figure. We share last names. Jamel, uh, the, the pressure. We, we were talking earlier this week about the pressure on the 49er side of things. They lose this game. That's three straight NFC title game losses. And then these windows, you know, you've covered this game a long time. These windows close in a heartbeat here. So when I look at the game and I'm saying, who has the most pressure? I'm now team wide. They all have pressure, right? You got to win the game and get to the Super Bowl or whatnot. And it'd be a disappointment for the 49ers. But just in terms of individuals, I'm looking at Nick Bosa, the defensive line, not getting pressure on Jordan Love. We could talk about Brock Purdy or the head coach, Kyle Shanahan. If I gave you those three, those three uh, individuals, Nick Bosa, Brock Purdy, Kyle Shanahan, who would you say has the most pressure out of this Sunday against the Lions? Uh, I think by far it's Kyle Shanahan. I mean, you know, we were what in the Super Bowl uh, just a few years ago, and uh, you know, a lot of Niner fans are still upset about how that game went um, because it was very reminiscent of when uh, Kyle Shanahan was in Atlanta and they lost, they blew a twenty-eight to three lead to the Patriots um, on you know, kind of on his watch, and so. When you look at the fact uh, that last week was the first time, you know, one of his coach teams had had come back from behind, um, you know, it, it says there are starting to be some questions. I mean, I, I'm not trying to, you know, rally some kind of, um, you know, bandwagon that Kyle Shanahan should be about it there, but like there are definitely some questions about his coaching style, like whether or not this team can handle some adversity if they get down in the game and whether or not he is the coach to get them over this hump and really have a uh, legitimate shot at getting number six, as in the sixth uh, Super Bowl. So I think he has the most pressure out of anybody on the field come Sunday. Who do you trust more, Jared Goff or Brock Purdy then? Uh, I actually think, you know, this is what I always say about Brock Purdy as they have this nonsensical, never-ending conversation about whether or not he's elite whether or not he's elite. One, it doesn't matter. And two, um, I think he's a very good quarterback. People seem to forget this is just his second year. Um, and, you know, he's getting more and more experience. It would be it would be foolish to not say it's Jared Goff because Jared Goff has actually been to a Super Bowl. Right. So he understands, you know, I'm looking like there's a difference, not necessarily uh, in skill set. There's a difference in, in experience. And this is the kind of experience that matters at this time of the year. Uh, you know, a lot of people ask me how I felt about how, what brought performance was um you know against the Packers and I actually thought it was or I actually thought it was like a huge growth moment and uh you know, I have to realize that Packers team is coming you know yeah. I, I, I said this to Lions fans I was like listen they beat you they beat that team that the 49ers beat they beat the Lions okay yeah. so, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. It's like that team is on the rise, and they are going to be a problem. But to me, the growth moment was the fact that Brock Purdy was able to collect him, collect and compose himself. And a lot of times athletes learn how to become clutch players through mental muscle memory. And so now he's got a memory he could go back to of bringing the team back in a game when it mattered and winning. And that is the kind of thing that goes a long way in his progress going forward. So I feel good about uh, him this week, I think he's going to have a good game. And there are some, I think, matchups that the 49ers, uh, you know, from the offensive perspective, that they should definitely win against the Lions. Yeah, I think they could exploit the Lions defense with George Kittle, Brendan Ayuk, and maybe Debo Samuel. We're talking to Jamel Hill here on the Boxer Girls and Guest Line. Check out her memoir, Uphill. Of course, the staff writer now for the Atlantic. Uh, used to be with ESPN doing big things there, but Jamel Hill's still around here doing her thing. Um, Debo Samuel, can the 49ers win this football game if Debo does not play, Jamel? Yeah, I think they actually can. Um, and that's not to obviously diminish what Debo means to the team. I mean, he's arguably the most electrifying player, um, certainly the most versatile that's in the NFL. It would be a big loss. But I do think between Kittle, Ayuk, and Christian McCaffrey, I mean, he's really <laughs> key um, because – if the 49ers are able to run the ball with success, I think that's going to help set up everything in the passing game. You know what type of team they are, especially when the 49ers get into a groove with running the ball. They're able to control so much of the game. So to me, as important as Debo is, everything rests on their ability to run the ball against this team because the Lions have a very explosive offense themselves. So if if we are able to impose our will on them, I think that's a really big key in the game. And while if you know we had Debo that would make that task a little easier, I do not think it's impossible for the 49ers to win without him. You know, I, I want to accentuate a point that you made earlier. You said this is the biggest game in the history of the state for for you know just a sporting event. I, I find that wild. Like, it, we I mean we've been so lucky. We had the Warriors run here. The Giants had a, had an unbelievable run. Obviously, the Niners at one point. You guys have had the Red Wings, you, you, the Pistons, University of Michigan this year. Yeah. I know you divide the state when no, it comes it, to it, don't bring up Michigan around. I know, I know, I know. You divide the state when you talk, but like. The Lions are it, right? Because, I mean, they've been such a loser for so long, and it's football. Football's king. This is really that big, huh? Yeah, it is. I mean, that's the the part, you know, people have to remember. is like in America, period, the NFL and professional football is a national obsession, and it's no different in a place like Michigan. Now, certainly, there have been um, championship teams in, in Detroit, as you mentioned. I mean, it, it was 20 years ago that the Pistons won the NBA title in 04 when they beat the Lakers. Wow. Um, and you also, you know, like every team there has had their turn with success. I mean, the, the Red Wings for a while, they had the longest championship drought in hockey. And they went on a run and were a, a huge dynasty uh, at, at one point. So everybody there has had their turn except for the Lions. And so this – has been such a monumental turnaround because I think as time passed, they definitely fell into the category of being like, this is probably the team in Detroit that's never going to win one. And so for them to go from that to this, uh, it's just created – such a special vibe in Detroit right now. Dan Campbell feels like the perfect coach for that team in that city. I know a lot of people laughed at him initially for that presser. It was wild, biting off kneecaps and everything. Got to do what you got to do, I guess. But he seems like he's embraced Detroit, and Detroit has embraced him. He's like seems like just the perfect fit, the perfect hire for that state. 
Yeah, the um, the thing that's interesting is, like, I don't know what's the chicken or the egg, but a lot of the, the championship teams and a lot of the most revered teams in Detroit wind up taking the personality of the city. And, uh, you know, Dan Campbell, obviously, uh, like, he's a very – he comes across as a very down-to-earth guy, um, which people in Detroit definitely respect because everybody there is very down-to-earth, down has those, those Midwestern, Midwestern vibes going about mm-hmm. him. And it's a blue-collar city, and he very much is a blue-collar kind of coach, was a blue-collar kind of player. So the his personality fits the city, um, you know, perfectly. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of the fans, they have so much respect for him. And, you know, you have to respect what he's done. I mean, his first season, they were 3-13, and 13, and a lot of people thought that the Lions had just signed up for more of the same. And uh, he had that bad season, and it kind of never looked back. And now – this team is in a real position to win a, a Super Bowl title. All right, Jamel, I want to go off the board for just a second because, like, I was watching Below Deck. I know. You're probably rolling your eyes right now and with my <laughs> wife, and you were on there. And, you know, there's the Bravo Maniacs, right? Like, my wife is one of them, and, and I end up watching a lot of it. I, I'm not going to lie. I don't. Yeah, I go uh, to the other road, Jamel. Uh, uh, well, I, uh, I end up watching. Is that the thing you get stopped for the most? Like, because, I mean, if you get onto Bravo, it becomes a whole nother subculture. Yeah, um, and and by the way, uh, men, y'all always lie talk about somebody. You know, I I watch, I check in. Like you guys get sucked into those shows. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> totally agree. I may have or may once Lucas, or twice. The producer here is obsessed with Below Deck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, I would say I, that's probably in the top three of things that people recognize me for. I mean, I was a huge fan of the show. And I was lucky enough to do it uh, twice because I did uh, regular Below Deck and um, I did Below Deck Man. And it's such an <laughs> amazing experience. And the thing is, you don't know. I get asked all the time, like, do you know what's going on with the crew? And it's like, you honestly have no idea. And there were shocking things that we found out when we watched our episode. Like, we didn't know about any love triangles, any, like, sniping going on behind the scenes like we didn't know about any of that because they do try to make sure you're very removed from that and that you have um you know that you that you have your your special experience because you're paying a lot of money to have a special experience so but it was great uh both captain lee and captain sandy are both wonderful the crew uh, i mean both crews that i had were really really exceptional so we had a blast It, it is a good good time Man, I don't even know how to follow up with that one. I don't even <laughs> below that. Now I kind of want to watch it now. You've never seen you. No, seen my my girl has it. Why do you have I, to do this? No, but I know. See what happens with me, Jamel, man. So I do two. I had two jobs here. I, I oh, do here television stuff and I do the radio. He's the early only in the one who works. So I gotta lock in sometimes. And the only <laughs> show I have to pick like one show a night if I can watch it. And sometimes it's the Sopranos. Sometimes it's The Wire. You know, I'm on. Or maybe I'm playing that. If you haven't watched Housewives of Atlanta yeah, or you know, the Potomac I, I, I or or Orange County, you're 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 straight cap right now. Yeah, Come know, on, Jamel. Tell episodes, my man, he's full full episodes, man. I got I know how suck how sucked in you can get into it, Jamel. That's why I walk. I was like, all right, that's enough for me. I gotta go. <laughs> no, it, it it really is. I mean, it, especially I think most of us, you know, um, if you know if you're working a lot, working a lot of hours, and even even in covering and discussing sports, it's like a lot of people, you know, you, you need guilty pleasures, you need escapes, no and doubt. I'm. I'm I'm a Bravo maniac too, so I, I get it. <laughs> Thank you. So, okay, now last question: What is your favorite Bravo show? Then <laughs> that is so tough because uh, I mean it's either Below Deck, Real Housewives of Potomac. Um, it's one of those two. 
you know, I, I think I, I might I might say it's Real Housewives of Potomac. Ooh, that might wow. be my favorite well, one. And is it true that you still own a uh, Jimmy Garoppolo jersey? It is very true. Look, any North Niners quarterback that went to a Super Bowl, I have their jersey. <laughs> so that is, I, I that like that. Why. No, I respect that. that. You, you, and, uh, my, my husband, when I got it, he was like, you are foolish for that. There is, <laughs> he was always ripping on Jimmy Garoppolo. I was like, you're not going to probably even be there. You're going to have his jersey. And I was like, yeah, it'll be. That'll make it even a better memento. <laughs> well, knowing Kyle Shanahan and quarterbacks and the way this market is treated quarterbacks, it is a wild seed, Jamel. You missed the Jimmy Garoppolo era oh. right here in the Bay Area. It, it, it was that keeps she, giving. She and I still talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. It's polarizing. Two guys. We, we've had Steph Curry out here doing his thing, Clay Thompson doing his thing, and the two most polarizing individuals Ever. when it comes to sports, Draymond Green, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yep. Oh, wow. That is that, – I mean, Draymond, I could, I could understand. My, my, my fellow Michigan State alum, right. I could definitely understand that one, um, you know, given how I know his style of play, and certainly he's had some incidents. But uh, – it, listen, that's what happens when you have, um, you know, you have a team as successful as, as the 49ers and as Golden State. It's like the expectations mm. get kind of um, out of control. And, and certainly if there are players uh, that people feel a way about, I mean, it just, I guess, adds more fodder for yeah. you guys. No doubt. Jamel, hey, oh, always, always, always a pleasure. I, I don't, you, you meet a lot of people. And I got to meet you out in New Orleans in 2012 at the uh-huh. NABJ and to see your success. Uh, to continue the success that you have man, at the Atlantic. Uh, I see you on CNN from time to time. Jamel, you continue to do great work. Keep doing your thing. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Anytime. Jamel Hill, staff writer for the Atlantic, uh, Michigan State of Love, Detroit native. Nice little insight there on the 49ers. And she said the pressure thing, because you missed yesterday, we are talking about pressure. Who has the most pressure on them? Yeah. Pressure and makes diamonds. Pressure San makes Quinn. diamonds. A lot of people say Kyle Shanahan, including myself, and you just heard Jamel Hill. Shanahan's got the most pressure on him on Possibly. He's not even playing. He's not even suiting up. All he's doing is holding the play sheet with a headset. And we feel like he has the most pressure on him. More than – wait, just, are we just going Niners-Detroit or are we going the whole Niners weekend? Niners-Detroit. Okay. Niners-Detroit. Because I would say that I think Lamar might have more yeah, pressure than, no, 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 no. than anyone. We're talking 49ers. Yeah, okay. In terms of pressure on anybody, I mean, yeah, Lamar's probably got the most pressure Just, on just him. because he had an MVP right. season, he's at home, like th- th- there's and a people are thinking the Ravens are maybe one of the greatest teams ever. I mean, let's get there before we can put that on them. Um I just keep tripping. The, the, the pressure is a great question, you know? Like, I, I think we make more of that, but in the moment, some guys do clam up. Like, the big game gene thing that Kurt Warner and Baldy were alluding to mm-hmm. is real. We all have a friend who was practice squad all-star, but then when the games happen, he never can deliver. And then we have other buddies who, or, or gals or whatever in our lives who, like, for whatever reason, at the biggest moments, that person always comes through. There, there are certain people like that. That's just, yeah. that's sports. Yep. Um, whether they've got the big game gene or something in their DNA to allow them to calm down or play better or whatever it is, yeah, I, I do believe in that. I'm just more tripping off of biggest game in the history of the state. You know, California is obviously a way bigger state in terms of population than Michigan. And we've got a lot of iconic franchises. you got the Lakers and the Dodgers and obviously the Padres. And now the Rams are back. And the Niners and the Warriors and the Kings and the Giants. And like- I don't think Jamel wanted to give the Michigan Wolverines any credit. Because I can make the... All right, commit that the '97 Rose Bowl was the biggest game in the state for Michigan to win a national. You don't championship. think the Detroit Lions are bigger right. than the Michigan Wolverines? They're, well, I, tell I you don't what, know. I, I so don't know. I visited Michigan once. Okay, and I was there, 
and Michigan was playing Michigan State. Okay. And tickets were, nosebleed tickets were 200 bucks at the time. 200 bucks was a lot of money. It still is a lot of money. Average but, ticket price this weekend is right. $1,000. Well, that's that's this weekend in the yeah. NFL. Yeah. That's, yeah. But Michigan, Michigan State, a huge game. Huge game on a Saturday. Rivalry game, both teams undefeated. They're like 200, 200 bucks for nosebleeds last row of the stadium. People are like, what? That's ridiculous. I caught two tickets to a Lions game the next day. Row 20 at around a 15-yard line. Both those tickets cost me a grand total of $80. And so talking to Lions fans, I said, is Lions big? It's all about the Wolverines. The Wolverines are a bigger deal than the Detroit Lions. Now, now the Detroit Lions are doing their thing and stuff like that, but the Michigan Wolverines have been a bigger deal for a very long time, and partly due to the Lions losing, but also just there's a lot of Wolverines out there. Michigan State winning national championships in basketball. Uh, the Red Wings doing their thing. The Could Tigers. you have said that about the Warriors like seven years ago, eight years ago? Like, no way they're going to be bigger than the Niners and the, and the Giants for a period of time. We're talking about a college team. I, no, I understand a col- Like, there's, there will never, ever be a college team bigger than a pro team. The Michigan Wolverines were a lot bigger is USC, than the Lions. Is USC bigger than the Rams? Probably now because the Rams just got there. Yeah. You know, the Lions have been there. Just looking at a city, you know, and, and looking at a pro team in a city that's around a lot of college teams. Like, yeah, Mich- yeah. Michigan Wolverines get over 110,000 people at their stadium yeah. every single Saturday. I, uh, B, I'm just asking. I was I was right. jarred when she said that. Yeah, you know? I was like, a To me, that too. was like... Damn. Like I was a little bit too. Like when I think of the Detroit Lions, everyone's gonna go, Eminem. No, I think of Tim the Toolman Taylor. Like that was the biggest Lions fan growing up was Tim the Toolman yeah, Taylor. I just, I just think of Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. Did you watch that show? Not really. Oh yeah, he I was <laughs> a, I, yeah, I wasn't a big fan. I, I tried to get into it. I just eh, didn't relate to me. I was like, eh. I thought Tim Allen was a little overrated. Well, I mean he's, that, funny. he's also not a good human being. Oh, really? He's not? Well, I don't know. You got to look into it. I don't know that. You got to Google it. What was that one time? <laughs> I think it was like three. Yeah, I'm not going to get into that. The Santa Claus is his best role by far. Better than Tim the Toolman Taylor? Well, Buzz Lightyear as well. The voice of Buzz yeah, Lightyear. Yeah, I mean. That's famous too. Al Maybe Borland Jeff's big in the Toy Story. Al Borland and Tim the Toolman Taylor are iconic. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's always working on the car. That neighbor always creeped me out. Wilson? You never saw, you never saw his face. I don't, I don't know. It was kind of weird. The very end when he came out the small picket fence. I'm getting real deep. You guys yeah, probably don't remember that. Yeah, Jonathan that, Taylor so. Thomas. Yeah, is, so. I remember the fence thing. I remember episodes. I, I just didn't get into it. Like I didn't really dig. You know, I didn't really dig that show. More of a Boy Meets World guy. Yeah, big Boy Topanga. Meets World guy. Yeah, Corey, not Topanga. Who's Topanga? That's the love interest. I may have that T-shirt. You know, by Topanga the way, is. <laughs> I I think I had to give. No, I kept that T-shirt. I was throwing a bunch of T-shirts away. You know, like the NBA jabs, mm-hmm. two bad teams. They have a Corey and a Topanga. I had to buy that show. I had to buy that shirt. I mean, uh, anyway, let's go to BPA. Yay! BPA. He's been on hold for a while. BPA, do you watch Below Deck? No way, dude. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't even know what it is. You said it's on Bravo. Oh, no, I don't stop. watch Bravo. <laughs> right. I'm calling cap yeah, on that. Yeah, no, we don't. I don't even know what it is. I don't watch Bravo either. I walk Just out the room. Stop. Like I don't. I, what is I, I wrong tell with you, you guys? Know, it's I'm, okay I'm to admit busy. it. I'm too We're, busy. I'm too busy watching game film. Guys. Right <laughs> there, you go. Oh, I'm too busy reading articles. Um, and game film. Nobody. I'd rather play Madden than watch Bravo. Bravo. Who the hell watches Bravo? Come on, man. I'm sorry. Way, I'm with you, BPA. You know, That's one thing we agree on. Oh, my all, God. 
all, all time, I mean, not why I called, but all time biggest Detroit sports moment has to be when the Pistons won their first title, right? Because that's the that's the first world championship I think ever in the in the city of Detroit. Well, didn't so, the Tigers? No, the Tigers won in '83. Yeah. Tigers won in '83. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe that. Maybe but that. The Pistons were huge. You know, yeah. like, um, you know, I think you know, Kyle's. You know, it's he has a hard time adjusting to the fa- to the facts on the ground. Sometimes, sometimes he's elite at it. But you know, I mean, he's he's managing the team like he still has Robbie Gold as his kicker, and he still has D'Amico Ryan's as his defensive coordinator. Right? So, um, and he doesn't. And you know, like what I saw, defense. I think he'll figure out offensively. I think they'll figure out a way to to be productive and put points on the board. Man. Pretty, uh, pretty bad as far from a defensive preparation. They were not prepared to play at all on defense. And, I mean, there's so much money being paid on that side of the ball. I mean, obviously they, they're paying money on both sides. But, man, they, I mean, that defensive line, and, and really nobody played well defensively. Yeah. I mean, their linebackers certainly – I mean, so, Fred, I watched Fred Warner – and Fred Warner was bad. Diomino Lenore was good. So. Hey, BPA, real quick, before we hit the break, 20 seconds less. Does Steve Wilkes impact the defensive line? What's going on with the defensive line? I, I think it's just a want yeah, to. Yeah, I think, I, sure. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying, you know, Kuchurik has been bad this year. Mm. Bad. I mean, not just, not just performance, but, like, just bizarre, erratic rotations, you know, like – you know, got putting you know, continuing to shove Kinlaw out there, who's just—I mean, he might be one of the worst defensive tackles <laughs> I've ever seen. Right? <laughs> All right, BPA. Ever uh, seen? Come on, I've seen a lot worse. I'm optimistic, Bob. So, honestly, who <laughs> worst defensive tackle to Javon Kinlaw? Yeah, can you, I would love to Solomon know. Thomas. Yeah, lie what? Yeah, Kintal Bomber yeah. lie two. Yeah, Reggie McGrew lie three. Reggie McGrew. What, you want to keep going? Junior Bryant. Like, come on, man. No, Junior Bryant was good. He was solid. <laughs> He was solid. That went too far? He was solid. He was solid. We throw things out there. He was the worst player I've ever seen in my life. No, there's worse. Trust me. We can find him. All you got to do is dig a little deep, which I know a lot of people in this society don't want to do. They don't want to do the work. Clee Farrell was not the best with the Raiders. We'll say that, too. Yeah. It's me. Come on. Roll your sleeves up. Killaw ain't the worst defense tackle we've ever had. So, Bonte and Brian and Palo Alto, very alike. They're watching film. And not any of that other mumbo no, Don't, don't give me false equivalencies. And you can call Anna right now. Call Anna. T- ask Anna what I do when I walk out the room or when she puts on Bravo. I don't watch. I may sit there for five minutes, and I'm out. I'm also out on... Uh... Uh, let me just keep it moving. <laughs> it's a Warriors game day brought to you by Xfinity. Xfinity G10G Network. Made for streaming live sports. No wonder you get so worried about these games. You're watching too much Bravo. Uh, what's coming up on the game? Brought to you by the end at the Tides. Aaron Kramer, former quarterback of the Detroit Lions. He's going to join us coming up, talking about the city of Detroit and his book. Man, it is some powerful stuff. You don't want to miss that. Eric Kramer coming up. And the end at the Tides. They are back, baby. Legendary. All-you-can-eat Dungeness Crab Feeds at Tides Wharf Restaurant, just $99 per person. Just $100. February 2nd and 23rd, March 8th and 15th. Make it a getaway and ask for the Crab Feed special room rate. Info at it at tides.com.